In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are powered up this week. Linda, how are you? I am freezing cold. I just got in from outside, and man, it is cold in New York tonight. But I'm powered up, and I'm full of energy, so it's terrific. (laughs) It woke me up. I bet it did. The cold is invigorating. What is it? I know it was five degrees in my hometown this morning. Yeah, well, so, I mean, compared to some parts of the country, which I heard were like with windshield 50 below zero, this feels like a heat wave. I don't know. We must be 20-something or, you know, but the wind is what really gets you. It is. It is. Well, you know what? Powered up, cold or nice and sunny warm like we are in Southern California today. Um, we are powered up this week. And, you know, Linda, i got to tell you, last week's show was so eye-opening to me because we talked about, you know, what are we going to do each week to power ourselves up because we just came off the holidays. We had a little bit of the blahs, a little bit of the, you know, not necessarily knowing where we're going in different aspects of our lives. And we made the decision, you and I, to bring what we're going to do each week to the show and how we power ourselves up or how we power each other out. And I or power each other up. I think that's fantastic. I, I do too, and I think it's a it's a great thing if every if every week that you can come up with something that really makes you feel good. That's the bottom line. That's my new motto in life. Whatever it takes to for, for to feel good, great things happen when you're in that feeling good space. They really do, and I look at you, Linda, not only as my radio show, lovely radio show co-host, but I look at you as my power accountability partner. Like, you're you're going to help me regain my power, gain more power, um, bring power to others. Um, so just like you have a workout buddy or a, you know, goal-setting buddy, you are my power accountability buddy as of today. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> that's that's- uh, that sounds good. I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of trouble with you because I, I really do believe that you're powered up. And um, the thing I love about you is you're very open to hear new things, to understand new things, and um, try new things. 
Absolutely, because, you know, Linda, I have failed forward my whole life. You know, I've tripped forward, stumbled forward. I've taken it on the chin on more than one occasion, and I just keep getting up over and over again because life's too short to give up. And there's so many great things out there for us if we just, as women, you know, open our hands and open our hearts and allow some of this stuff to come in. Um, And I want to ask you this week, what did you do this week? for yourself uh, or for your business to power yourself up? Well, uh, I think the thing that I just, that I did today was probably the most powerful thing that I did for the whole week, and that was I did a meditation with two friends of mine, uh, and it was absolutely sensational. Uh, it was so good that, you know, you're in one of those places you don't want to leave the space because you're feeling so good. That doesn't happen to me so often anymore because usually you say, oh, when's it over, when's it over, I want to get the heck out of here. But this was just so wonderful. So we were in her apartment, and she put on a wonderful – I listened to um, – a tape, it's an Abraham tape, but and the, and I love them so much that every time Abraham Hicks, yeah, Abraham Hicks, um, that every time I listen to the tape, it just it powers me up beyond belief. Uh, you know, it is just it makes so much sense that um, it feels so good, and it's all about you know uh, pe- people always not going with the flow of the stream but trying to paddle upstream because they, they figure the harder they paddle, the more the, the faster they're going to get there or the happier they're going to be or the business is going to be better. So they're always kind of like really working so hard, but they're, but they're not going anywhere because they're, you know, they're not going in the right direction. They're going against the flow. So well, I have to... Yeah, they're pushing, and that's why we do this powered up. Powered up is when you're going with the flow, when you just let go of the oars and are going downstream. When you're powering through is when you're, that was my thing, powering through is like when you're, you're pushing against the, the natural uh, flow of things. Absolutely, we both do that. We've, now, let me ask you, because, you know, when you think of meditation, were you like, were there candles lit? Were you cross-legged going, oh, I mean, what, what did you do? No, well, what we did is, is she started it off with, a, um, she did a little, uh, a little brief kind of, um, uh, it was a Nomi type thing. <laughs> So I, that, I'm not into yoga so much anymore, but it, and it was really nice. And then she um, kind of did three bells to sort of get us really centered. And then we laid down on these lovely, fluffy uh, animal skin uh, mats that she had, and she put on the Abraham tape, and we listened to it for 45 minutes. Wow. And then, And then after that, we did a breathing meditation sitting, um, you know, sitting cross-legged, uh, and, and that is to just focus our energy and to clear our minds, which we all need to do is clear our minds. And then we just talked about the experience for a little bit, and then, of course, I had, I had to run to do the show, um, so that was it. But it was, you know, it was wonderful. Now, did you find, like, I've been in meditations before and my mind wanders and I can't push those thoughts out, you know, did you find, were you able to focus um, easily or did you have trouble with that? Uh, 
Well, you know, sometimes I have a lot of trouble and sometimes I don't. Um, I, I was, today I was focused on, oh, gee, my leg hurts in this position. But that's okay. You know, you just kind of let it go. And if you just focus on your breath, which is the whole essence of, of, of yoga and meditation, is it clears your mind of your thoughts. And that's what we're trying to do. But if, if one comes in, it comes in, you just kind of let it go. Uh, and then, you know, don't, don't worry about it, you know, because that, that's a natural, you know, it, they're going to come, they're going to go. But, they're, you know, they're like little clouds. You don't pay too much attention to them. You know, it's so interesting, you know, listen to how our lives parallel so many times. You know, I mean, you're in New York, I'm in L.A., and, you know, some of the things that you were talking about today were things that I employed in my own powered-up moves, but in a completely um, different manner. I decided to treat myself to two sets of workout DVDs that I've seen on TV, I've seen them on the Internet. I didn't want to cough up the money, but then I thought, you know what, I'm worth it, and I, I really, really want to enjoy these things, so I bought the um, Jillian Michaels, that 15 DVD superpower, you know, thing she had, and I bought these Zumba DVDs. Wow. And, I mean, that was a big deal for me, because I'm, I like to go to the gym, I like to work out, but I'm held hostage, because the, co- the, the classes I like, the yoga and the dance classes and the power sculpt, they're always during my work day or when the kids are home from school. So, And I don't have the time to get down to the gym, get back, get my workout. So I really, I have a gym in my house, in my garage, and, you know, I, I did these DVDs. And what it did was it made me focus on my body, cleared my mind, and a lot of times the DVD will tell you to focus on your breathing or focus on, you know, what muscle group you're doing. And it forced me to, like, shut off that chatterbox monkey that goes in my head 24-7. And because it was a DVD and I had to watch and listen, I couldn't be texting. I couldn't be on my phone. It was like forced body meditation. Yeah, you know, it it really is and and we have to have that that time where we are with ourselves in that in that good place because we are so distracted all the time. I mean, and now the internet and and all the social networking, Facebook and Twitter and and every I mean, it's just it's insane. Um, you know, that that we just we use our spare time to do things that don't really help us connect with the good feeling inside of us. Right, and who we are and what we need. And, you know, that brings us to who our guest is today, Linda. We have such a wonderful guest. Um, we have uh, Dr. Jody Bramer, and she is an author. She is a therapist. She's, she's so many things. But what I love about Jody is that she can help us talk about our own thoughts. And, you know, her book, Looking for That Last First Date, you know, I have it in my collection. It's really, really um, important that when we're either single or, like, I don't use the word divorced, I use recycled, um, and we're out there looking for new partners in life, and this can apply to new friends, because I had to dump a couple friends last year because they really weren't serving me in a way that could help me get to where I want to go. Absolutely. you know, cleaning house like that is really painful, Linda. And, you know, when I look at making new friends, I mean, you and maybe Christy are the last two new real friends that I've made in a long, long time. And, you know, there was a lot of self-protection going on, both with, you know, after my divorce and thinking about who I'm going to date and then who am I going to bring into my close circle of friends because they have such powerful influence on us. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, and then you have two kids to think about, too, so that's, that's a whole other story, right? Right. I can't be a cracked egg walking around, so we've got to glue sand back together and we've got to help each other. So when we come back after the break, we're going to welcome Dr. Jody Bramer. She's going to talk about second chances at love and friendship, and we're going to talk about negative thoughts and does the past predict the future, or do we write our own future? Because there's a lot on the Internet about there, especially, you know, with, with respect to thoughts, that your thoughts can, can help guide your future both in a positive and negative way. So Jody Bramer is going to help us unravel all these things. My name is Sandra Beck, and my lovely co-host at Freezing New York is Linda Franklin, and this show is Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are covering the country coast-to-coast today from New York to Los Angeles, and we are welcoming Dr. Jody Bramer, and we're going to talk about our thoughts today and how our thoughts 
affect us with respect to second chance at love. And that can be a second chance relationship. It can be a second chance at friendship. Uh, we want to talk about how our thoughts affect our ability to move forward. Jody, are you with us? Good afternoon, ladies. Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit spoiled out here. I'm in California, and the weather is just gorgeous, so I am sorry, Linda, that you were going to that <laughs> I'll be on the next plane. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. So, Jody, you are an expert. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself before we go into our talk discussion about thoughts? Okay. Well, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist out here in California. I work with uh, primarily couples and individuals in relationships. I'm an author of a book, Looking for That Last First Date, uh, and that deals with getting back into relationships after the first one ends, either in divorce or widowhood or any reason that any relationship might end. And it's the idea, absolutely, Sandra, of changing your thought patterns, or in, in this case, uh, sometimes your whole way of life uh, from what you might have been used to, to moving forward and uh, finding love or happiness with another person down the line. You know, Jody, it's so interesting you, you mentioned that because, you know, when my marriage ended, my marriage ended, uh, my ex-husband had an affair with not only the woman who worked for us, but a woman who I had friends with um, when we moved to this area. So it was like a double hit for me. Um, I didn't want to date. And I, more importantly, though, I didn't want to make a new female friend. And any time I would meet somebody, it took me like a whole year to make a new female friend uh, because it was like warning bells all over the place. Of course. Uh, you were double hit, and your trust level in both males and females must have been seriously compromised. Why would you? How would you move forward from that when you don't know who you can trust? You know, I'm thinking that when women are, you know, leave a relationship for for any reason um, that you mentioned before, I I always think that sometimes there's too much of a rush to get back into a relationship um, and that they need to spend some time, alone time with themselves just so that they can reassess what's going on in their lives, what's important to them now, and what they might be looking for in a in a partner. Absolutely. And everybody's recovery time, if you will, is a little bit different. Uh, there are periods where you go through the grieving process, and depending on what's happening in the relationship or why it's happening, people's grieving times are, are different. You go through the denial, nothing's wrong in our relationship, the anger, I hate that, you know what, uh, <laughs> to the bargaining, and bargaining is maybe if I hang in there a little longer, or maybe if I change, or if they change, maybe we can still work this out, to full-blown depression, where everyone knows what depression is, and then there's um, recovery, and after depression is the acceptance stage, and the acceptance stage isn't what a lot of people think it is. It isn't the idea that, okay, I'm good, I'm good to go. The acceptance is I hate what just happened. It sucks. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. I wish I didn't have to go through it, but it is what it is. And that recovery period, that acceptance period, leads into what I consider to be the sixth stage of grief, which is um, hope. 
And hope is, okay, I went through hell. I went through this. I suffered a lot. It, it affected me. It is what it is. But now it was what it was, and I'm ready to move forward, and I've got this hope that the rest of my life doesn't have to be like it was. I have hope that things are going to turn around and I'm going to like and love again. And you're right, Linda, every person has to deal with those stages, get through the grief before they can really be in that hope stage and be a really good partner for another person. However, um, people's idea of how long that would take is um, different and it's dependent on each individual person. Some people have grieved during the course of the relationship. Sandra, yours was sudden. You discovered this, and it was awful. But sometimes people go through years of just not being happy and going through the stages, and then when it's finally over, they're ready to move on, and they're ready to pick up and figure out how to, to get the most out of life from that point. So I think it, it might be dependent upon the person. Well, you know, I watched Oprah the other day. Don't fall over, Linda. I actually turned on the television <laughs> and watched some pop culture um, because Drew Barrymore was on. And Oprah interviewed her because she has made significant changes in her life. And she said something in her interview that I thought was really profound. Um, she said she took a year off from everything, like from her Uh, relationships with men to trying to find a new man in her life, trying to, 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 you know, maneuver things in her own way. And she said, I just gave myself, you know, permission to be, and I spent a year with myself before I made any decisions. And I thought that was so wise. You know, sometimes she's such a little girl and, you know, she's had such amazing and traumatic, wonderful things happen to her. And for her to say, you know what, world, I gave myself a year to just be, and then now she's moved on and married and and had a child, and she seemed really at peace, and I thought, that's so smart. It's kind of like the book Eat, Pray, Love, where she got in touch with with herself again and realized what it was she needed over the course of a year. And I don't even know if if you need a plan to do that, but being with yourself Finding the things that make you feel good, I keep coming back to this because I believe that that's the most important thing that we have to do in this lifetime and lifetimes uh, after this. Is and Because when you're in that good place, you don't even have to plan about what's next. It just kind of flows to you because you are in that that uh, that place where you're going to receive it and it, it, you're going to enjoy it. Absolutely. I think we exude the energy that we're feeling at the time. If we're having a bad day, we put on dark clothes or we keep our eyes down. Or if we're having an up day or if we're feeling really up in our lives, we meet people's eye contact and we smile and we give off these waves that we're approachable. And I think the the same is very true for relationships. When we're recovering, we don't give off the signals that we're approachable. But when we're healed and when we feel good about ourselves, from the inside out, it shows, and we are more approachable to other people, um, either for friendships or, or anything, even the person behind the checkout stand to say, good morning, sir, ma'am, and make, make, make you feel like you're actually interacting with the world again. But don't you think well, we... One thing... Go ahead, oh, Sandra. I'm sorry. Uh, one thing that also came across 
is that Drew didn't spend the whole year looking for another man. She didn't spend it wondering, you know, and worrying about that she's single. She said very clearly, she's like, I just embraced the fact that I was single and I wasn't going to worry about, like, where things were going. And I thought that was such such relief. It was like permission to be single without having to hunt for a man. Oh, absolutely. We're put on this earth with the intention of procreating. We're put on this earth with the intention of coupling up. But, oh, my goodness, to be able to revel in who we are and to, to appreciate all that we have and, and sit with ourselves in silence if we have to or to gather around with, with either other females or just other friends or family and just feel really good about ourselves, that's, that's critical in this day and age. We're living longer. We're being healthier for longer periods of time in our lives. We have to be okay with who we are before we can be with somebody else. Absolutely. And then the better, the, the place that you're in, if you're in this place where you're really feeling good and you're feeling happy and you're proud of, of, of what you're doing in life, then you're going to attract kind of a like individual that's, um, that's going to be on that kind of wavelength with you. We hope so. That's, that's the intent. Right. Because don't you feel, um, you, I mean, you've seen a zillion couples, I bet. You, you, don't you attract what you put out? <clears throat> Oftentimes, yes, we want to. Uh, we do have the people who feel like they are putting out, no, no, I mean, just putting out energy and not feeling like they're getting it back. But if we go a little bit deeper, we find there's usually other things going on. And then we have the people who can be like butterflies and suddenly people are just drawn to them even without them knowing that they're attracting other people. I think there is something in a person's energy and core and eyes, the eyes of the window to the soul, that allows people to know if people are approachable, if they are open to anything, friendship, communication, anything. And it comes from within us. I really do believe that. Well, I, I think this might be something for the next segment, but I'm wondering how many of us, both men and women, um, keep marrying or being in relationship with the same person over and over and over again. Are you meaning literally the same person? Or Not literally, person? but, you know, uh, you know, the carbon copy of. Hmm. And then they wonder, yeah. you know, what am I doing wrong? Because I remember one man saying that to, to me once. He says, I've been married three times now, and I keep marrying the same woman. <laughs> Is that woman their mother or their father? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know, but it was... Uh, you know, it, 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 it's kind of troubling to think of that, but, but I think that's because they, they didn't go uh, inside themselves to say, you know, what is it about me that keeps attracting these women? That could be. We have dependent personality types that are looking for somebody to fix or to take care of them either way, and um, if that's what you need, that's what you're drawn to, and it's not necessarily the healthiest thing. Yeah. You guys, I need to take a commercial break. This has been fascinating. I just love it when Dr. Jody Bramer comes on. I love your insight, Linda. I feel like every time I come on with you girls, I, I just come away so much stronger and so much better prepared um, to go out into the dating arena and to make new friends. I think that affects all of us as we go through changes in our life. Uh, my name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Powered Up with Beck and Franklin with Linda Franklin. And... Uh, we are going to welcome Dr. Jody Bramer back after the break, and we're going to talk about how our thoughts 
put out energy. I really do believe thoughts have energy, and they give out a lot more than what we're saying. And I'd like to talk to Dr. Jody Bramer and Linda Franklin about that when we come back. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hi, ladies. It's Linda Franklin. I'm here with Sandra Beck and our great guest today, Dr. Jody Bramer. We're talking about second time around. We're talking about relationships, some of the mistakes that we make. And uh, we're going to be talking now about the energy of our thoughts. Do people really get that? Uh, are they listening to our words, or is there really something more to what we're throwing out into the universe? Well, Linda. And that's a big one, right? <laughs> Where do we start? Where do we start? Exactly. Well, I swear there's something, Linda, because, you know, I was on a rampage Saturday, Sunday, and Monday with with some clients that I really didn't like very much and some people that I didn't like very much. And when I get 
a certain way, I resort only to texting. And I was like, I'm so glad you're not sitting across from me or hearing my voice because then you'd know how much I hate you. So I'm just going to send these texts. And they're like, oh, Sandra, you're so wonderful. And I'm like seething on the other end of the line. But that electronic blocker really helped me a lot because I do think we leak all these things that come out from our thoughts. Well, did you see today over on the Internet, this was like of all the inaugural stuff that they had yesterday, that, I mean, a full day of, of, of parades and ceremonies and speeches and then the, the lunch and then the, 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 the balls last night. The one thing they were focusing on was, um, was uh, Michelle Obama's rolling her eyes back at the lunch when, um, oh, my gosh, now I can't think of the, you know, the, the, the guy that held up all the talks. You know, the Republican, I can't think of his name, I'm having a senior moment, but that was the whole thing about, you know, she might have been there eating her lunch, but she rolled her eyes back, and everybody, every media guy in the world caught that. So, you know, we can't hide how we feel. I mean, you could you could be saying, I love you, you're the most wonderful guy, but but the eyes gave it away. Absolutely. In fact, in relationships, funny that you say that. Eye rolling is one of the big determiners when a therapist watches couples interact. Eye rolling is equal to the word contempt. And when we have contempt in a relationship or in anything that we see on TV, the eye rolling is an indicator that this person has shut off, shut down, shut out, this other person, and we're, we're, we're looking at a, a serious issue. The rolling of the eyes is kind of a biggie, and you might want to look at that in your own relationships, too. Do you find that you're rolling your eyes at your children, at your friends, at your significant other? Are they rolling their eyes at you? And if you have teenagers, you know they roll their eyes a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there's always buttons that are going to get pushed, and, and the longer you are with somebody, they know exactly what those buttons are, and they love to push them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So. But, but respect and Joe, you just brought me back because when I was in couples counseling in the beginning with my therapist um, and my ex, my ex husband was my husband at the time, he would roll his eyes all the time. And I, I remember my mom saying when I was a teen, like, "Don't roll your eyes; they're going to roll out of your head," you know. And so I was always conscious of not rolling my eyes. But I watched my therapist, you know, who later told me, "You need to get out of this marriage. He's a narcissist. It's not good for you." All the, you know, great advice. Uh, not advice, but help me see these things. But that eye rolling, I will tell you, that was the one thing that sent my blood pressure through the roof because it's so unbelievably insulting. It is. It is. It's insulting. It's dismissive. Um, it's all the negatives. Eye rolling is a is a bad one, ladies. Well, and and, and she sure showed that to us yesterday. You know. <laughs> The whole world caught it. And, you know, it, it, our, our body language, our energy is, is very, very powerful. But, uh, but getting back to the, to the second time around, I mean, what do we have to do to um, make it that the next time around, you know, better? Do we have to be more honest with ourselves uh, about what we really want? Do we have to stop listening to other people? You know, I have a blog, The Real Cougar Woman, and, you know, anytime a woman comes on and, and says, you know, I'm, I'm having a relationship with a younger man, I mean, it's like, you know, she was out there, you know, dealing drugs to, to, to tweens. I mean, you know, she's such a piranha. <laughs> That's an interesting way of putting it. Well, the the interesting part about starting over again is that 
we are starting over as different people. The people we were when we entered into our first relationship are different people than the ones we take into our next relationship. We've learned so much. We're a conglomeration of experiences, and we are a little bit smarter, maybe a little more jaded in knowing what we will accept and maybe what we won't accept the next time around. And that's important, no matter if you're 20, 30, 40, 60, 80, is knowing what is acceptable and what isn't. Do we have to be more honest with ourselves? Perhaps. If we're 40, 50, 60, we're not going to be doing or thinking or feeling or communicating the same way we were when we were 20. Or do we want somebody who's 20 <laughs> communicating that way with us at our age? Oh, I mean, you know, how... So how has, go, we're, go ahead, Sandra. Um, I have a question. How do you know when you throw, like, I'm going to use a football analogy. I throw penalty flags in my relationships, my new okay. relationships. Okay. People, and it's like penalty flag, you know, and it's boom, right, you know, in the middle of the living room. And I have a really hard time backtracking from the penalty flag you know, going like, this is, a pe- this is a penalty, this is a red flag, you know, get out of the relationship now before you get hurt, danger, Will Robinson, you know, and, and then I'm left alone. <laughs> That's an interesting How do you question. know when to throw in the flag? Hmm. I had a client who was going through a divorce, and she was interested in starting anew, and she was telling me that she met somebody over the weekend, and... The person was flirting with both her and her friend, and she said, that's it, that's it, I'm not going to take another flirter, the relationship is over. And I said, relationship, you just met this person that <laughs> night, you know, you weren't even on a date, you were just talking. Um, and she said, that's it, that's a deal breaker for me. And I said, okay, if it's a deal breaker for you, it is definitely a deal breaker for you. It may not be a deal breaker for somebody else, but you know where your benchmark is. You know where your bar is set, and that is so important. You know what you will accept, and you know what you won't accept. And the flag on the penalty, I'm not much of a football person, so I'm hoping I'm getting this right. If something doesn't sit right with you, for whatever it is, whether it's porn or talking to an ex or wearing a purple shirt, whatever it is that doesn't sit right with you, it's not going to get better. So you know that you don't like that purple shirt. Are they going to change the purple shirt, or is it going to be something more in-depth where they can't change it? And you move forward from there. Again, we use all of our experiences on our insight and perhaps some jadedness that takes us into the next relationship and lets us know what is acceptable with us and what isn't. Tell me, what's something that is absolutely unacceptable for you ladies? Oh, for me, it's disrespect. Okay. Right down the line. It's like if you disrespect my, you know, I had a a short, I don't even know if it's a relationship, whatever, with a really, really good-looking, rich, successful single guy who on paper, you know, really looked like a million bucks. And he disrespected one of my girlfriends that worked for me. The way he handled the termination of working with her, he wasn't working with me, but the way he handled it was so rude and disrespectful and self-aggrandizing, self-effacing, you name it, and I just, I was like, done, baby, over. You know, if that's the way you think you can treat another human being, I don't care who you are, I don't care who that other person is, you're done. Hmm. That's very interesting. For me, one of the ways that I was judging people is how my, I know this 
<laughs> sounds a little strange, but it's how they treated my animals. Depending on uh, how they were with my dog would affect greatly what I thought of them. And both negative and positive. If I wasn't so keen on them, but they were good with my dogs, to me it meant that they were a good person down deep. And if my dogs related well with them, I thought my dogs were pretty good judges of character. So for me, it's having to pass the dog barrier. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Because <laughs> it's, like, you know, love me, love my dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> Must love dogs. Wasn't that a movie? Must love dogs. Well, yeah. I think the thing, I mean, I've always thought of the perfect relationship as, you know, you are a person that really enjoys what you're doing in life and have created things that really make you happy. And he has done the same thing. Now, he doesn't have to be a mere image of you, and you don't have to do everything together joined at the hip. But when you do get together, you really, really have a good time and enjoy one another for who that person is, they accept you for who you are and don't try to change you or make you into something that you're not. Absolutely. People come into any relationship with baggage, and baggage is not a bad word. I like to think of it as designer luggage. Does your designer <laughs> luggage match their designer luggage? Do the two shades or patterns fit well with each other? Do they, do they work together? We can't be where we are at this stage of the game and not have a history, not have experiences. And that all makes up our, our, our luggage. And yours is different than the person next to you, and the person is different, different than the person next to you. So does his stripe match your checks or something? And, and how, does it, how does it feel together? You are going to be accepting the other person for who they are. And, again, not necessarily wanting them to change who they are. Maybe some slight behaviors, perhaps, because we're women and we still like to create and sculpt and mold. But we want to make sure that inherently their, their personality goes along with ours. Yeah. That, that's very important. So, you know, we want to, so you're saying we, we, before we even go into a relationship, we have to have a list. Now, we don't have to have a laundry list. It's 120 qualifications to even get through the front door. But there has to be at least, like, at the top three things that you're really, really looking for in the relationship now. What do you think would be on that list? Um, I, I think that, I'm going to take the commercial oh, break, and I want to that. But yeah, I want to come back to this list after the break because I did have like 57 things on my list that I made, you know, for the perfect man that's going to come into my life. Um, my name is Sandra Beck, and I'm going to call myself Recycled with Designer Luggage from now on. <laughs> I'm no longer divorced with baggage. I'm Recycled with Designer <laughs> Luggage. Uh, I'm here with my wonderful, wonderful New York co-host, Linda Franklin, and our guest today is Dr. Jody Bramer, and we're going to hold on to her uh, for the next segment, we're going to talk about these lists and what are we really looking for uh, with not only the men in our lives, but the friendships in our lives. Because as we grow and change, we, we kind of outgrow some of these uh, people and they don't serve us. We don't serve them. It's not a bad thing. It's called moving on and growing. When we come back from the break, Dr. Jody Bramer is going to dissect our list. <laughs> We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Net Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and today is our second chance at Love and Relationships Stop Show, which I think is really fun because um, we change so much with our thoughts, girls. I mean, just from today and yesterday, we can, you know, Linda, it's interesting, you're thinking maybe of writing a new book or redoing your old book, and your thoughts have changed even in the three years since you first put your book out. Oh, Absolutely. I think my I think my thoughts change on a daily basis. <laughs> they really do. I don't know what, what that is, but you know, I, I think it's life experience. It just it can just change you on a dime, and I think that's a very good thing. Oh, I think it's a great thing. Uh, you know, during the break, I was wrestling through my office to find my original man list. I had a manifestation list <laughs> of, <laughs> of things. When this is when I was first divorced, girl. So it was like you know I'm fresh out of the blocks, completely raw, and some of the things on my man list, which are really funny, um, that he must play the violin or the piano, he must eat everything, he must live effectively, must understand hockey, must understand football, must speak another language. Um, Were you serious or were you high? I must have been high because this is the stupidest <laughs> list, and there's 57 of them. I won't bore you with all of them. What was number one? My goodness. What was um, number one? Are they in order? My kids. And no, I'm not on the yeah. list. 
the best part. There's, I, I don't appear anywhere on this list. The new list, if I were creating it today, would start with must love me. I saw something through my email one time that said uh, women's needs change, and it showed in the 20s, tall, dark, handsome, over 6'2", must make six-plus figures, blah, 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 at 40, must be over 5'10", and... Uh, Makes over X number of dollars, and then then it said at um, age seventy, breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Have a pulse. I get it. Have a pulse. Exactly. <laughs> Our needs do change. Um, Sandra, that that's an excellent example of how when you first started out making that list of fifty-seven and having that include everything except you. What does that tell you? Well, my self-esteem was in the basement, you know, honestly, when I left my divorce because I was so broadsided and I had financial devastation and ruin and those were some of the things that I held on in my self-esteem that, like, I'm a good wife, I'm a good provider for my family, you know, all these things. And when that was stripped of me, all of a sudden I really did feel as if I was nothing. So why why would I be on the list? Why, and why would anybody love you, right? Yeah, we, oh, yeah. Well, Sandra, I've got to ask, what made the change? What was uh, it that finally put you at the top of the list? Oh, my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, you know, because I'm really, you know, I'm pretty open on the radio. There's not anything I haven't haven't discussed, but I would come in and, you know, just like sharing with you guys, I, you know, I – she would say, well, what's missing from the list? And I was stumped. I mean, this was a woman that I went to because I said, all right, look, I just went through a nasty divorce, and everyone is telling me how to t- that I need to take care of myself. I need to, and I really didn't even, and Jody, I think we covered this on Military Mom, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know enough to be on the list. I didn't know what it meant to take care of yourself. I thought that was good grooming. And... It was really an eye-opening thing for me to sit there as a highly educated Ivy League successful business owner to go, huh, I need to take care of me. I'm not an inexhaustible resource. I need to be on this list. I have needs because, honestly, after 10 years of being married to the person I was married to, I couldn't even recognize my own needs. Jody, that's one extreme. Um, a lot of women that I've seen today feel this sense of entitlement, though, that, you know, everything has to be about them, and um, it's just the opposite of what Sandra went through, is I'm the greatest, and, you know, you'll do whatever it takes to make me happy. Well, in, in my line of work, I tend to see less of those people and more of the people who have been devastated and wrung out from the marriage who who feel that they are missing, or even if they don't feel like they're missing, they are missing part of their core. So that's um, the entitled women. I don't know that they really see what needs to be done or needs to change or even perhaps have a sense of insight into what might have happened with their marriage. I mean, their entitlement might have been a huge reason that things didn't work. But I generally see that the people who are are having a struggle with it and thinking, what did I do or what didn't I do? Even when, although it takes two people and there is responsibility on both sides, even when the majority of the problem may have lain with the other person. Yes, the blame of the other person. So 
how, so in therapy, do you try to get them to look at what their part was um, in the failure of the marriage? Oh, well, not may, maybe not in those terms, but... <laughs> <laughs> Why did well, you know how failure was? <laughs> Gee, yeah, right? it was That's you, it was you. No, but... <laughs> um, I try to get them to see what happened and perhaps remove themselves from the total I blame my partner to okay, let's look at this, and moving forward, what is it that you, your, your part was? What, what did you contribute? Because even if it's 90-10 as opposed to 50-50, there is some significance on the part of the client that I'm seeing. Or in couples therapy, sure. I say, you know, both of you have to take responsibility. What did the affair mean? Why, where did it come from? Why did it happen? There was something that, that happened prior to you going outside of the marriage for anything, and let, let's look at that. But is it true when they say that most people that do have uh, affairs are not going out for the sex, but they're going out for the emotional uh, stimulus that they don't, or a connection that they're not getting at home? You know, I hate to sound sexist, but that really does fall along gender lines. The research, both in my practice and, and elsewhere, is that women seek comfort outside of the marriage when they're not getting their emotional needs met. And men can seek sex simply for sex sake or opportunity. They may not have even intended it, and it's just a night that things got carried away. It, was, it, it, it can be either way, but with women, for the majority, we're looking for a connection that we don't have or can't find or have lost within our marriage. Right. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing for women uh, when they feel that uh, they've sort of been deserted and they're, and they're sort of hanging out there alone. It it's happens. A, it, oh, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, it, it's just it's loneliness. It is. It can be loneliness. It can be lack of respect if we feel disrespected or ignored or not appreciated. Sometimes all it takes is somebody to say, wow, you're really something. I Look at how you're juggling kids in a job, and suddenly the woman's like, oh, thank you, kind sir. I haven't heard that at home. And, and then you start feeling for this person, and, and it's something that you haven't gotten on such a critical, basic level. Of, 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 the, of the patients that you have and, and the, through the years, what would you say is the biggest deal breaker? What is breaking up marriages the most these days? Is it, the, is it this is sexual affairs or is it the emotional connection? <sighs> it's money. <laughs> okay. Money is right. usually the number one and kids. Money and kids. Money and kids. And, and sex or infidelity of any kind, is they round out the top three. And then there's also in-laws or relatives, that's a big one, and life transitions. Those, are, those round out the top five. But money, sex, and kids are the top three. And what's your success rate of getting them back together again in a relationship that is more solid? It honestly depends on at what stage they come to see me. Sometimes they come in at a great point where I can you know, stop the train from, from wrecking off the tracks. And other times they're coming into counseling kind of as last-ditch effort to just check off the boxes they see I tried. And if one of the par- partners already has a foot out the door, it's very hard to work with them unless they're willing to say, 
all right, I'm not happy here, but I'm willing to put in the work. So honestly, it depends on yeah. catching it in time. Well, it's a, it's a big thing. I mean, the divorce is devastating, and you know, especially if the if the woman isn't. You said money. Money. If the woman isn't prepared uh, financially to to you know take on her you know her new status of, of a single mom or as, oh. just as a single woman. Absolutely, and people don't realize that divorce, even if it's want um, wanted, who wants a divorce? Um, well, some people do. Even if it's not the best solution, divorce is going to change everybody and everything. Yeah. Um, it, it just will. The kids, it, it'll never be the same for. For people, sometimes it can be a great thing because it frees us to be the people that we need to be or want to be or lost. But most of the time, divorce takes such a toll, and it's harder than death in so many ways. When you're dead and buried, you can see the plot and move on. Yeah. But when it's divorced, you know, these people that loved and cherished and promised are still up and walking around. Yeah. And there's a lot of anger and resentment and pain there. So oh, yeah. you want that to heal first. You want that to be able to get over that and, and work through that. Like I said at the beginning, to work through the stages of grief, to be able to take whatever insight you get from this and to be able to move on, hopefully into a better, healthier, more satisfying relationship. Well, Sandra's moving on, right? I am, and I, you know, my advice for anybody out there um, is to give yourself time. You know, there's always time to meet somebody. There's always time to make new friends. It's okay. I'm going to give everybody permission to rest, permission to heal. It really is okay to take your time. And if people say, you need to get out there, you need to start dating again, which people would say to me all the time, and you know what? I wasn't ready. I didn't want to. You know, I was hurting. I had babies to raise, a company to run. That can wait, and that's okay. It's got to be okay to be able to go at your own pace. Yeah. Uh, girls, I want to thank you so much for a rocking show today. Gosh, we covered a lot of ground. We gave out a lot of great information. I know I learned a lot. Uh, Linda, I want to thank you for being an amazing co-host today. Jody, you've been a fantastic uh, guest. You can look up Dr. Jody Bramer. Her book is Looking for That Last First Date. She's amazing. Um, next week, we're going to have another show. You want to come back and find out what Linda and I do this week to power up for next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage 